Hello and welcome to K-Botek, a short podcast about Korean cinema and K-dramas with me, John. This episode, we're going to be talking about The Silent Sea. This is a 2021 Netflix limited series that ran for eight episodes, all released together. Uh, it is a sci-fi drama uh, starring some absolutely top talent. And this is something that I had anticipated for quite some time. I was looking forward to the drop on Christmas Eve. In fact, we had some staycation time planned, and this was pretty much slotted in for my downtime. Um, And one of the things I'm really enjoying seeing more and more in South Korean cinema and telly is sci-fi. I've been really enjoying SF8, um, Sobok, one of last year's best films. Um, What I really want out of South Korea now is some sci-fi horror, and from all the trailers this looked like it would deliver. Um, And not only that, but it has some amazing acting talent too. Top billing, uh, we're talking Bei Duna as Dr. Song Jian, who is an astrobiologist. You will have seen uh, Bei Duna in things like Sense8, directed by the Wachowskis, um, but in Korea known for obviously Kingdom more recently, but um, things like Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance as well. Uh, She's probably, plays probably my favorite character in that movie. You've also got Gong Yu as Han Yinjae, who is the exploration team leader. Uh, we know Gong Yu from everything from Coffee Prince and Goblin to Train to Busan uh, to Age of Shadows, uh, more recently known as the Slapping Man from Squid Game. And Lee Jun as Lieutenant Ryu Tae-suk, who is the head engineer. Lee Jun is someone less familiar to me, but I have become very familiar with with him recently because he plays the extremely excellent baddie in Pulgasal, another series I'm covering on the podcast at the moment, um, where he is a fairly riveting uh, villain for that piece. Now, just before I start, I was quite down on this show on Twitter when I first um, uh, when I first finished watching it. And spoilers, I'm not 100% positive on this. By the way, that Twitter account, twitter.com forward slash kbotakpod, kbo. T-A-K-P-O-D. We're always chatting there about South Korean series and uh, and films. But yeah, when I got it finished, I uh, tweeted out my thoughts. I was a little bit negative. And someone actually said to me a couple of days ago, Pedro Pires, who I, I chat to on there, said, um, I gave him such low expectations that he really enjoyed it. Um, well, I feel I've been a bit harsh now. Um, there is a lot to like here. And uh, obviously, uh, the intended effect of this podcast is not to put people off these things, um, but to highlight the good stuff. I uh, thought, should I still do the episode? I had said I was going to cover the show. I still enjoy a lot of things about it. Um, I'm not 100% on it. It's, it's probably a, a 7 out of 10 or a 6 out of 10 for me. Um, but I thought, yeah, let's let's go ahead. Um, let's talk about what there is to like and maybe some of the reasons it doesn't quite um, match up. Um, so the first few episodes of this even more my jam than I expected them to be. They were exactly what I wanted. Um, So the first episode establishes this incredibly depressing near future with minimal water access, and everyone has cards with a water allowance. You might get very thirsty watching this movie, and then later on you might not be so thirsty, Um, but it's going to give you a strange relationship with with water. Um, But... uh, it made me think, much like Time to Hunt, where the reason for that dystopian society is because the the one has basically been tanked by the IMF. The scary thing about this is it's something that just feels so much like it could happen. With a lot of this uh, South Korean sci-fi storytelling, the kind of the, the groundedness um, 
and the the way that these things feel like they could actually happen makes it very potent. Aliens uh, moving onto the planet is something we can't really relate to, but the idea of there being a water shortage uh, and their, therefore uh, pets becoming illegal because obviously they, they use a lot of water, that's something that's just really depressing and, and really sad, but also feels, you know, sometimes like it, it could actually be on the horizon. So brilliantly set up, um, a total bummer. Um, so they get the group together. They've got to go to the moon and find this sample. They're working on ways to solve this water crisis. They head for the moon, and in so doing, you've got no lack of just incredible lunar vistas in the process. This was some of what they were showing in the trailers that just looked absolutely arresting. They uh, they end up crashing on the moon and making their way to this space station. And yeah, if if you like all those kind of moon base and moon landing uh, movies, which uh, I do. Uh, then there's uh, there's lots of that kind of scenery and imagery here for you. Then they have to actually explore the place, um, this uh, space station that they haven't heard from in quite a while. And this is where I was having the most fun um, with uh, the series. I love an abandoned space station um, or lunar base, anything like that. Um, abandoned lunar base corridors, they're kind of partially illuminated, a lot of them are very gloomy, there's grisly discoveries to be found in the labs and the med bays. Uh, they start finding these pretty mysterious corpses. Um, all the people uh, who have occupied this station have been you know, mysteriously killed. They can't quite understand what's what's got them. The crushing isolation of being off Earth. Obviously, they've crashed their lander, so they've got to wait a while before anyone's going to be there to pick them up. Really felt like it was leading to something like Alien, like these people were going to have to um, survive long enough to get rescued you know very classic kind of 80s movie setup then people start getting picked off and killed and i was getting excited you know people are also being infected with something that leads them to uh, drown from the inside out on dry land uh, really cruel irony there of people with no access to water back home who've come to get this sample to help do something about it and uh, now they're drowning uh, when they're not even near any water but they've got water kind of spraying out of them just had a drink um, so yeah I thought maybe there'd be some kind of gruesome watery creature that was after them but spoilers nothing of the kind the um, and I'm just gonna give my impressions but not much of the plot um, the final four episodes of this lost a lot of steam for me personally and uh, it varied from feeling anticlimactic um, to plain absurd in, in a couple of parts um, which really took me out of it there's a couple of things especially in the last episode where I was just like what um, still good acting by all involved um, although it seems like there was only enough character arc for the short film this was based on this this was actually a short film by the same director way back in 2014 and it seems like maybe some of these characters could have done with a bit of extra sketching a bit more filling in before they turned this into an eight episode there's very long stretches where these very high-caliber actors um, have a pretty minimal amount to do in terms of expression or character beats or growth. Um, Kong Yu is always just the serious soldier. Duna Bay is always the sad but noble doctor. Um, in the last couple of episodes, she does get to bounce off another character who isn't a soldier or a spaceman, and, and she looks like she's just leaping at the opportunity. She, she really starts to come to life. Likewise, the scene with Yin Jae and his daughter... Kong Yu just lights the screen up in this scene. It's one of my favourite moments in the entire series. 
Um, it's a, a flashback, and Gong Yu talked in an interview about how it was one of the only times where Yoon Jae is, is smiling in this series, and you look at this scene, and you're like, oh, wow, yeah, it's, it's Gong Yu. <laughs> you know, there he is. And the way he just kind of uh, brings the entire scene to, to life. Um, I think that the guy is, in general, just fantastic at acting alongside kids. Um, he has such big dad energy. He just kind of emanates kindness. He's really believable. I was surprised to find out he's not actually a dad, um, but uh, perhaps he can just be all of our dad. Um, that would be that. That would be nice. Um, but uh, yeah, just little moments like that that you can pick out. You're like, yeah, wow, these are these are some of the best actors that are out there that you can possibly get hold of. But they've they've been put in this series where for quite a lot of the time they're just kind of walking up and down these corridors. Um, the environments get very repetitive as as well towards the back end. Um, there's not a lot for them to do. I think it is worth a watch if you are a fan of these actors, um, definitely. But I think overall this could have worked better as a movie instead. And, and that's something I saw John E of the Korean Foreigner podcast saying on Twitter as well. It made me think maybe Netflix knows it has the most cachet with bingeable series um, as opposed to its direct-to-streaming movies. When you hear about like a Netflix series... I think for a lot of people there's a, a different kind of impression and different excitement compared to when you hear about these, you know, direct, to, direct streaming movies that are basically TV movies that they put out, um, which is sometimes a big hit, but not always. So maybe Netflix is dragging material out that, that really doesn't need to be. That said, the episode length is very good. Um, these are very kind of bitey episodes. They're 35 to 45 minutes long. It's very bingeable, so it, it kept me clicking on to the next one. So that part I thought was extremely well calibrated um, to keep me going from one to the next. Still, there was a lot of negativity around this, which I didn't necessarily want to contribute to. I think there's a lot to like here. Um, some publications are even talking about how South Korean sci-fi stuff always fails. I mean, that's not fair and it's not correct in my eyes. We've had Seobok and Time to Hunt and Space Sweepers. That's just in the last sort of, you know, 18 months. Um, there's more. There's a really strong scene for it. Um, and there's a lot that I enjoy here too. If uh, If you go into this not expecting like a big sci-fi horror with creatures and uh, thrills and spills and things like that that I was sort of not so secretly hoping for um, and maybe you want more of a more of a mood piece something that's you know really visual um, looks really good um, and does spend quite a lot of time thinking about and talking about um, issues around scarcity and um, kind of the, uh, the the ethics of science in um, in the pursuit of something that can save us as uh, as a, a race as a, a species and uh, and kind of perpetuate us um, even as we continue to, to do terrible things to ourselves and our planet um, th there's quite a lot of you know meaty ethical conundrums in here and um, yeah maybe if you if you look at it that way going into it um, then uh, I think you could have a good time. Perhaps I was a victim of some of the marketing um, selling this to me as a more of a thriller, um, when really this is a bit of a, a, a talky drama with some thriller stuff um, up front. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, The Silent Sea, uh, definitely, you know, give it a go if you're interested. See what you think. First couple of episodes, anyway, are, are really, uh, really fantastic, and I'd love to see more stuff like this. Um, 
I think that there has been a lot of positivity towards this. I wouldn't want kind of some of the negative feedback to this um, to make various studios to think we're not going to do sci-fi stuff because um, love to see more stuff like that. And I think Space Sweepers 2 um, may, be, uh, may be on the cards as well, um, which would be good. So, yeah, um, a few thoughts there on the Silent Sea. Um, Meanwhile, you can follow this show on at kbotakpod, that's K-B-O-T-A-K-P-O-D, on Twitter and Instagram. Retweets and shares are much appreciated. And best of all, if you like this show, please subscribe and leave a review. You can also now rate podcasts on Spotify, so if that's where you listen to it, um, then a rating would be much appreciated. Thanks for listening. Cheers.